The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Okay. Good evening, everyone. So happy to see you. And I'm trying a different laptop tonight, so my hope is that it won't uh, create the noise that you heard on Monday night. So welcome, welcome, and um, this evening I'm really happy to be with you again and to continue with our with a little series here. Um, so earlier this week uh, when I was here, we practiced what I understand to be a more traditional form of loving-kindness practice, or at least that's the way I was taught where you start by offering wishes of goodwill to yourself and then extend it to a mentor or teacher who's been kind or beneficial to you. And then next, you extend it to a good friend. After that, you extend it to a stranger or, you know, someone you see in your life often, but you don't know. And then to a difficult person and finally to all living beings. So we did that on Monday. And I was inspired by what I read this week that Tanisuru Biku wrote about it. And locally, he's known as Tan Jeff. So Tan Jeff wrote, of these four emotions, and here he's talking about the four divine abodes that we frequently practice during happy hour, loving kindness, compassion, sympathetic joy, and equanimity. So of those four, goodwill which is also called loving kindness or metta in the Pali language, is the most fundamental. So that's very interesting. Um, It's the wish for true happiness, a wish you can direct to yourself or to others. And what he writes next was really powerful for me. Goodwill was the underlying motivation that led the Buddha to search for awakening and to teach the path to awakening to others after he found it. So that's a very interesting way to summarize it, that the Buddha was trying uh, to discover and then practicing goodwill. So it's very helpful to have this loving-kindness practice among all the types of formal sitting and informal daily life practices we each might do, Um, This loving kindness is the practice of goodwill where we stretch and grow our hearts. So we stretch when we extend beyond our comfort zone. Um, When we offer these wishes of of loving kindness, not only for those um, about whom we already have good feelings, but also towards people outside our comfort zone. That can be people we don't know. It can be people towards whom it's not easy to feel goodwill. And sometimes that can even include ourselves. So many people have told me that they have a much easier time extending loving kindness towards others than towards themselves. And that was true for me in the early part of my practice as well. So stretching the practice outside our comfort zone serves 
a lot of helpful purposes. Um, it shows us where our minds are stuck, um, where we experience ill will or a lack of goodwill that in one way or another usually results in some suffering or stress, whether in the moment or later. Um, this, this practice also shows us how we continue to condition the mind in the direction of moral ill will. So if we let the mind run and it's thinking, you know, crabby thoughts about some interaction with someone or about some figure you just heard on the news, um, that actually is conditioning more ill will. But if we notice that moment or that those thoughts with mindfulness on board, it helps us train the mind away from unwholesome conditions towards those that are more wholesome. So the loving kindness practice trains the mind to go where we incline it instead of merely following the old ruts or habits. Uh, as somebody noted the other evening, that doesn't mean that it's easy to practice loving kindness towards a person whom we find difficult or towards a political figure with whom we disagree. And again, I'm going to quote Tom Jeff's writing. If something inside you keeps churning up reasons for, now he includes for liking a person or hating another person, your practice starts feeling hypocritical. You wonder who you're trying to fool. Or after a month devoted to the practice, you still find yourself thinking dark thoughts about people who cut you off in traffic to say nothing of people who've done the world serious harm. This is where the head comes in. If we think of the heart as the side of the mind that wants happiness, the head is the side that understands how cause and effect actually work. If your head and heart can learn to cooperate, and we could uh, tell them that's quite a task, <laughs> that is if your head can give priority to finding the causes for true happiness and your heart can learn to embrace those causes, then the training of the mind can go far. So I thought that was also interesting. Um, it's also, it, it actually is helpful for the head to see when the mind is not free of ill will. Until we can see that mindfully, we can't condition the heart mind towards goodwill. Um, now, as we say the loving kindness phrases and we notice what comes up, even if what we're mindful of is unkind thoughts and feelings or, you know, uncomfortable feelings about someone, we're starting to incline the heart-mind towards goodwill by being mindful and noticing the unkind, the crabby thought, the ill will. And we often do this, have to do it again and again. And then over time, those old habits start to fade. Um, and this this can take years, so um, we need to be patient with ourselves. They start, actually, to be replaced with the disappearance of ill will. So one day, you you realize you're not feeling ill will towards someone. And then ultimately, they can also start to be replaced with goodwill, kindness, you know, kind of the more positive virtues. But in Buddhist practice, the absence of ill will is a good thing. Sometimes the disappearance of a negative factor is an excellent uh, movement in practice. So 
um, there are creative ways we can practice that can assist us um, with this cultivation of loving kindness um, and and assist in uh, creating or generating the lack of ill will or even goodwill. Um, even when we're saying loving kindness phrases for someone we find difficult. So one interesting idea that Tan Jeff offers is if you're using visualization as part of your goodwill practice. Um, so in other words, I, off, I uh, invited you on Monday to fill your mind with images of the person um, that you're practicing and, and uh, offering the goodwill, the metta towards don't, he says, don't visualize people simply as smiling, surrounded willy-nilly by wealth and sensual pleasures. Visualize them acting, speaking, and thinking skillfully. So that's really interesting. Take someone who's a difficult person in your life and visualize them acting, speaking, and thinking skillfully. If they're currently acting on unskillful intentions or you know things that you find difficult, Visualize them changing their ways. So tonight, we'll experiment a little bit with that as one creative process or practice of loving kindness. And another one that I'll offer is one that I stumbled upon early in trying uh, the practice of metta out myself before I was taught how it was supposed to be done. So I'll include both of those this evening. So um, allowing yourself to settle into your meditation in a comfortable, um, relaxed, but alert posture. And giving yourself time to recognize how you are right now. Having heard those words, having lived the things that you lived today. Giving yourself time to notice what's happening in your body right now. Knowing what's happening in emotions, which could be strong emotions or could be very subtle experiences, including calm, peace, and including anything that's unpleasant as well as anything that's pleasant or things that seem neutral. Recognizing what your mind state is right now. It might be focused or distracted. It might be jumping around or it might be settled. Could be foggy or could be clear. 
however it is, it's fine. And mindfully noticing it will be helpful. Taking note of any activity in the mind, whether there's thinking or no thinking, just being aware of what's happening right now. Mindfulness does not care what it's mindful of. It's equally effective, no matter what it's noticing. When you're ready, gradually bringing to mind someone for whom it's easy to extend wishes of goodwill. This could be you, yourself. It could be a mentor or teacher in your life someone who's been kind, beneficial towards you. Taking your time to bring into mind an image of the person, or if you tend to think in words, some words about the person's kindness. Or it may come as a bodily feeling, a feeling in the heart, feeling in the heart-mind. Just allowing that person to fill your awareness. And if you're saying these phrases for yourself, you would incline the wishes, may I, may I be healthy. May I be safe and free from harm. May I be happy. May I be free of suffering. Or if you're saying it for some figure in your life that's been very kind, you would offer the wish, may you be happy. May you be healthy. May you be safe and free from harm.
May you be free from suffering. Taking as much time as you need, going at whatever pace fits for you. And these wishes can be very quiet whispers in the mind towards this kind person. And if any uh, thoughts come up that are not about the kindness, but about something else, just notice mindfully what's coming up. Take it in and then gently return the mind to these kind intentions, kind wishes. doesn't matter if the mind drifts off and gets distracted. What matters is when you come back to awareness, gently bringing the mind back to the phrases. May there be health. May there be safety and free from harm. May there be happiness. May there be freedom from suffering, whether it's for you or for another person.
then letting the image of yourself or this person for whom you've been wishing loving kindness, letting that fade into the background is still there. But as you gradually bring to the foreground someone you find difficult, take your time to find one person who's still alive. And it could be someone whose behavior is challenging or someone with whom you find yourself in conflict sometimes or all the time. If there's no one like that in your life, it could be a political figure, a public figure with whom you disagree. It could even be yourself if you find your habit is one of self-blame, self-criticism, or self-hatred. As you give yourself time to bring this one person to mind, allowing yourself to, you know, maybe at first you're seeing things you don't like about them or about yourself. But then perhaps turn your thoughts towards or your visualizations towards a time when they were very innocent, perhaps when they were an infant. Or visualize them doing or yourself doing something kind or skillful, or saying kind things that this person doesn't currently tend to say or do. Imagine that you had a magic wand and suddenly their behavior was really wonderful, kind, Their actions were kind. Their words were kind. Don't be concerned if the mind protests and says, but they're not like that at all. Just mindfully allowing whatever the mind is producing, unpleasant, uncomfortable images and thoughts, as well as pleasant or more comfortable ideas. Keeping your attention centered on this difficult individual. And when you're ready, extending these kind wishes, not as demands, not as something that you have an agenda towards, but just the kind wish. May you be healthy.
perhaps imagining what it would be like if they really were behaving in healthy ways. May you be safe and free from harm. Even if this is someone who has caused harm, perhaps imagining that harming has come to an end. What might it be like? to have this condition where they feel safe and they are free from harm and free from harming. May you be happy. If this person were truly happy or contented, perhaps there would be no conflict with them. May you be free of suffering. And allowing yourself to keep returning to these kind wishes, these kind inclinations towards the other person or yourself, whichever is difficult, at your own pace, perhaps spending more time with the wishes that are more challenging.
Again, it's okay if the mind goes towards unpleasant or uncomfortable wishes or thoughts. Just mindfully noticing that. Mindfully noticing when the mind comes back to awareness after it's drifted off. And gently returning to kind wishes or health, safety, happiness, and freedom from suffering. And gently letting that person's image fade into the background and allowing the mind to return to the kind person. Same kind person that you were meditating with before, either yourself or a person who's been consistently kind and beneficial towards you. Letting that image, those feelings, Fill the heart once more. Yourself or this person in all different aspects. Whatever skillful or unskillful behaviors or speech have happened, allowing your mind to offer wishes for, may you be healthy. May you be safe and free from harm. May you be happy. May you be free from suffering. Kind intentions, goodwill towards this person who's been kind or towards yourself.
And then alternating again, once more bringing to mind the difficult person, whether it's someone with whom you have difficulty, or it's yourself, or it's some public figure with whom you disagree. Bringing the image to mind of that person and imagining that they've become kind. Their speech and behavior are now beneficial. Perhaps taking that blend of what you have experienced to be true of this person and their potential, holding both of them in mind and saying the phrases, extending the wishes, may you be healthy. May you be safe and free from harm. May you be happy. May both your past behavior, your current behavior, and your potential future behavior be free of suffering. May you be free of suffering. And then turning the mind to both people for whom you've been wishing goodwill this evening, including them in your thoughts and all the people in your community, in your life, those that are easy, kind, easy to feel goodwill towards, those that are challenging to feel goodwill towards, perhaps even those you don't rarely think about in these terms, letting all of them be in your thoughts, 
as well as the surrounding world we live in, the, the people, the creatures. May all beings be healthy. May all beings be safe and free from harm. May all beings be happy. May all beings be free from suffering. Just as I wish happiness and freedom from suffering for myself and for those whom I love, so may all beings be happy and free from suffering. So I'm still finding a lot of inspiration in the quote I read to you Monday evening, which I don't have in front of me, but the effect of which was that uh, this is the way, this loving-kindness practice, is the way towards the end to conflict in the world, the end to division. And so... um, that's an endless source of inspiration. If we can stretch and grow enough uh, to develop kindness and, by extension, the compassion, the sympathetic joy, and the equanimity that can flow from it, uh, we have this chance to be, the, to be, as Gandhi was quoted as saying, be the change we want to see in the world. Um, so we start 
you know, creating a world without suffering by creating it in ourselves. And um, I hope tonight was able to give you a little taste of what it's like to just be a little creative or experiment a little with your imagination and with your practice. And I'd like to give everyone a chance to get into small groups at this point and share with one another um, in the breakout groups of two or three people each, um, finding out, you know, what, sharing what the experience was for you tonight, if you wish, or where you are with your practice and uh, sharing, listen, sharing really deep listening to the other person without, or the other people without offering advice or commentary, just each person sharing one idea at a time and going around your circle uh, multiple times so that you each have a chance to share um, and keep inspiring one another. So with that, we'll go into the rooms for 15 minutes. And if you find yourself in a room alone, give me a second and I'll reassign you to another room where there are people. Enjoy. Uh-oh, did somebody get brought back before they wanted to? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, just, Michael. Email him. No, no, it's don't please don't be and deep bows for your teachings. I'm just going to email the party involved. <laughs> okay, great. Welcome back everybody. So we have a couple of minutes uh if you wanted to uh share any inspiration that came up or any question or comment about anything this evening. It's all welcome. Yes, Jesse. Uh, yeah, thank you for this teaching tonight. This was helpful. I I noticed at the beginning that I, like I didn't, I almost didn't trust myself. I was like, oh, difficult being. I'm afraid I'm going to fall into resentment. Um, I did do the practice, but I don't know, I'm wondering if you could speak to that about, I don't know, fear, honestly. I mean, not big fear, but like, uh, kind of this feeling of like, you know, I'd rather not. I'd rather do a lovable being. So just wondering if you right. have comments on that. Yeah. And, and by the way, there is nothing wrong with sticking with a lovable being for a while because sometimes we just need that nurturance and our heart needs that mm. um, for a long time or for this evening. But that fear that it might turn toward resentment or that we might start running down the road of, you know, unpleasant thoughts is so natural because, mm. you know, the reason we find the person difficult has a lot to do with what we've experienced and how that's landed. But the interesting thing about this practice is we're, in a sense, we're transforming our own hearts, mm. you know, so even when um, someone has been challenging for us, the trend over time as we do this practice is to start to see um, they may have done something very harmful. And, you know, we there has been real harm in the world and real harm in our lives. And there's the peace I add to it in the way that I relate to it. 
So mm-hmm. that's why I was encouraging, even if unpleasant or uncomfortable thoughts come up, as long as we've got mindfulness on board, we're not going to come to harm from that. We're going, okay, I see it. I'm feeling ill will. What happened was not okay with me. And I know that. But over time, we can sort of come to terms. Now, I want to say that trauma is a whole category on its own. And sometimes people have been through trauma that needs its own resolution, its own treatment, you know, its own space before they're able to do this practice. And maybe the very last person they're able to do it for is someone who has abused them or been harmful to them uh, physically, mentally, in all kinds of ways. So I want to put that caveat out there that um, I want to respect uh, that there is a healing process other than or in addition to loving kindness and compassion practices that can be crucially important. Mm-hmm. So thanks for asking the question, Jesse. I hope, does that offer some? Yeah, that's really helpful. Thing? Thank you. Okay, Thank you, Liz. Good. Well, unbelievable. I'm always amazed at how quickly our evening goes together. But if you'd like to, um, unmute and say goodnight and thank you to one another. That would be great. Thanks, thanks to all of you. Thank you, Liz. Thank you, Thank you, Take care, everyone. Bye, Liz. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.